Hello, and welcome back to the Patrick's Green Tea Podcast. This episode, we welcome a very special guest onto the show. Jordan Demarest is a drummer for Ship of Fools, which is the Grateful Dead cover band I've played in and I'm making a documentary on. He also drums for many, many other bands and does sound mixing professionally. Some of these bands include Senior Living and The Great Pacific Garbage Patch. We get along really well, and he has a storied history with weed, so he'll fit in easily here. We may or may not have recorded this in a university studio on April 30th, 2021. Who's to say? We had access to Shure SM7Bs, which I'm told are the same microphones Joe Rogan uses. During the recording of this episode, I set up a GoPro to capture video and backup audio just in case I decided to use it. I haven't decided to show my face on this show yet, so for now that footage will be kept under wraps. However, I'm open to releasing it in the future. In either case, the GoPro is what I'm messing around with while we're recording. Something called the Big Iron comes up in this episode. This is a gravity bong that Jordan and his friends made. Dan, Jordan, and I used the Big Iron too while listening to Big Iron by Marty Robbins. That was an experience. It was actually the first time I've used a gravity bong, and I believe I recorded a currently unreleased podcast after using it. I also wanted to clarify that the Yale Bowl slash Westville Music Bowl was not new. It's been around for at least several decades, since I later learned that my dad saw Bonnie Raitt and Bruce Hornsby there in the 80s. It sucks that Jordan and I talk about how cool it would be to have dispensaries in New York State, and they still aren't around a year later. No one knows when they'll even be established in New York or Connecticut. I mean, the Connecticut part might have changed since I wrote that, but I'm I'm not really sure. Either way, they're not around right now, and they're not going to be around for at least several months, so very disappointing. At around 1 hour and 14 minutes, the Connecticut radio station I talk about that features Biggie Smalls, Soul, and Hip Hop is 94.3 WYBC out of New Haven. I still have them favorited in my car, and I listen to them whenever I don't have the phone hooked up. My friend Steven actually introduced me to it. He and his mom are fans of that kind of music, and they would play it on the way to and from a local Connecticut amusement park during middle school and high school summer breaks when we would go together. At about 27 minutes into the podcast, uh, when I started talking about my John Mayer story, I accidentally referred to my ex-girlfriend as my girlfriend, but different person from my, my current girlfriend. Um, also, these timestamps, like you just have to, have to add the... Uh, intro time to all these timestamps. I don't know how long the intro is going to be, and I don't feel like editing, you know, three times just to figure out what the actual timestamp is, but, you know, those these timestamps are as of the first um, hitting record, or hitting record, I guess, on the actual episode. Feel free to email me your spin on the Patrick Screen Tea theme song, and you'll have a chance to be featured in a future podcast episode. The show's email address is, as always, patrickscreentea at gmail.com. Stick around after the episode for a pretty lengthy epilogue where I follow up on my vaccine passport comments, among other things. I also wanted to take the time to just kind of update you guys on my life. I know it's been several months since um, the last episode was released. I don't even know when the last episode was released. I just know that it's been like at least a full season out of the year. Um, So I've been doing good. I finally moved out of my parents' house. Living in Brooklyn right now, very good place to be in terms of like using weed and just having, a, a you know, a free time. But there's been a lot of just New York things that I'm remembering now that I was tired of when I lived here, and uh, you know, just things about like the gridlock and how long things take. And my guitar got stolen yesterday, and I tried to you know file a police report. It took like three hours of waiting. I missed a whole concert because of that, and then today I. I had to wait another two hours before anyone like responded. So 
it's just kind of a nightmare to live here. And uh, I'm looking forward to moving out. Um, I'm moving out in about like two weeks. After after this Brooklyn experience, I'll hopefully be living in Westchester County somewhere. Not sure ex- entirely where. Um, maybe New Jersey, but probably still in New York, just to make things easier. Um, it's I'm definitely in a weird place in my life, and I'll talk more about it in a future episode that I'm hoping to release, uh, record um, later tonight. But I've been doing okay. Definitely a lot of crazy stuff happening, including like a hospital visit, um, a mental hospital visit. Um, that I like sober checked into and experienced an ego death while I was sober. Um, realizing that I have like a bipolar one, you know, I I was diagnosed a few years ago, but never really wanted to accept it. A lot of things. Um, but on the flip side, I was able to record some saxophone music for a short film soundtrack. Um, I've been accidentally sober because of how much I've been working on film and TV as a sound person and as an assistant, um, mostly as a sound person recently, which has been my, my bread and butter. And there's go, there goes a siren. Um, you can tell I'm in New York. I'm not faking it. Uh, yeah. So I'm actually planning on recording an episode later tonight just to like decompress and just kind of get fucked up. Um, ignore the siren. I can't do anything about it. I'm, I'm too tired of waiting now. Um, definitely a long, long month. At least half a month. Um, long in a different way was June, but this whole half a month it just flew by because of various things that sucked. But um, anyway, this episode, you know, now that I have some time to myself, I really wanted to finish it. Um, I, it was in the works and like partially finished for a long time, but months went by for different reasons. I couldn't work on it. Obviously, this the release schedule is like not consistent anymore and probably won't be again but um i do still want to release this podcast and the episodes that were recorded um and it's my it's my goal to keep putting it out um keep contributing to it because there's like a whole festival that happened over a year ago now that's the train by the way (laughs) the uh, j train um i'm living in uh, Bedford Stuyvesant, aka Bedsty, like a block away from Bushwick, so it's a really cool area. But um, yeah, I do want to keep putting this podcast out. I do really enjoy making this, recording this, putting it out. Um, it's just that the time has not been on my side at all for a long time, especially now that I'm working consistently and uh, trying to find free time for myself. Otherwise, but um, I appreciate you guys sticking around, and that's it. I hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, wow, that tastes good. Yeah, this is a... Uh, the one thing is this, like, smells. And my whole point of getting, like, dab pens is to have it not smell because my parents are, like, super crazy about it. But it does taste really good. And it looks cool, too. It's, like, clean looking. Yeah, that's the other thing. You can look at it sometimes and go, yeah. right? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the the G-Pen. For, I had a G-Pen for a while. I think I got one, like, online. But um, at one point, like, my, my dad took all my shit and, like, threw it out. 
So uh, there was this one place in Massachusetts that was selling them. Uh, this is this is the second iteration <laughs> that uh. I the second version I, that I have. It's so convenient. It, it like works really well, and the battery lasts like fucking forever. Yeah, I'm surprised with that too. I'm surprised how long that lasts because you know I haven't charged this thing in a while. And I don't even have a G pen, so that's probably even better. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's nice. Uh, what's nice is you can just buy these sort of things wherever, but yeah. Yeah, that's honestly a good company. I forgot who makes that. I think like Snoop Dogg is at least endorsed by it yeah, or something, probably. or makes it, or I can't even remember. He's got yeah. some kind of affiliation with them that's like very legit, actually. Which is kind of wild. I don't see any waveforms on there. Is it recording? <coughs> yeah, it is kind of recording here already. So I'm on the. There's me. And that's Hello. Cool. <coughs> Cause the other thing we can always do, nice thing about Pro Tools is any of the audio that we have that we want to be louder, we can just later, there's like a function, not even the, the volume on the track, but it's actual clip volume. So it'll make it so it, it's as if it was recorded louder without like raising. Cause sometimes when you turn stuff up, you get like more room noise, yeah. you know? editing this with the clip gain you're not going to get as much room noise which is very convenient exactly and there's even a software that I, I own if you have audio that's clipped it will unclip it i have no idea how that works if you have a mix you can separate the vocals even if it's just like a whole song i don't know how that works yeah i've seen people like rip just like like i don't know Bohemian Rhapsody, just vocals or something. Like, yeah. That's crazy. And I never knew how they did that. I'm like, you got to have access to the original track to be able to do that, right? Like, you have to have access to the original thing, but that's apparently true. there's softwares. Because I know Dan was talking about comping his vocals for the Halloween show. And he said that oh. if you just go to that EQ, because the vocal range is only in a specific EQ that you can sort of, like, narrow it down. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure there's like some computer software that can figure it out too, even more than you can just looking at it. Yeah, all the uh, there's like AI mm -hmm. now mastering AI mastering software, AI like all kinds of crazy stuff. It's very weird. Yeah, Dan was telling me about this thing called Ozone. Yes, <coughs> it does that kind of thing. Yes, I have the Ozone Imager. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, really cool and really trippy. I love plugins. Plugins are like <laughs> effects, you know, in your in your DAW, in your workstation. So it's like yeah. super fun. Some of them are really cool. Like I kind of go plugin crazy sometimes because you can download them or purchase them or sometimes you can crack them so you can get paid wow. stuff for free or very cheap. That seems illegal. And so, yeah, I th yeah, it is. <laughs> so once you start getting on that grind, it's a little addicting at times. I'm like, yeah. oh, I just want everything for free. Yeah. But at a certain point, once you're like making money, it's only respectful to pick that up. It's like, you know, it's like you're making money. Like, don't do it for free. Exactly. Right now, I'm a student who's broke, so if I like crack something here or there, I don't feel too guilty. But I do know at some point, I'm just going to buy it. So. Exactly. You want another one? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, oh, what, yeah, um, what is this? Oh, I can't remember what I was going to say. It's what, it's what it does to you. <laughs> yeah, right, right. This shit, I looked it up. It's like 80% THC. 
This is probably this thing gets me the highest out of anything. Like probably only surpassed by the uh, big iron. Oh yeah, no, the big iron is kind of crazy. That yeah. I, I forget about that. That's at my house right now, not not oh, really? my apartment, but up in Albany. Cool. So I gotta make a new one if I if I want one. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like you don't use it that often, though, right? Yeah, honestly, the reason why there's two reasons why I don't. Um, one because the big iron that I have is plastic. And I feel like I shouldn't be smoking out of that plastic all the time. Like, glass is healthier. So if I can make a big iron out of glass or something, I feel Dude. a little bit better about it. Yeah. Is that possible? Can you, like, you I have a friend glass? who actually made his own gravity bong out of uh, bottles of alcohol. Like, empty alcohol bottles. Holy shit, dude. And the way he did it was he had a string that you'd tie around it. And you put, I think, it's like nail polish remover acetone or something like that you soak a string in that and then you wrap the string a couple times around this bottle mm -hmm. then you light the string on fire as though it's a wick and it burns around the bottle makes it very hot but it doesn't break the bottle what you then do after it's hot enough is dip the bottle immediately in cold water and apparently it breaks off clean if you do it right it has to be hot enough i don't know it has to be hot like that's the thing is like you if you do one wrap with the um string the string will burn too fast so you need to wrap it like five to ten times i think so that it burns long enough to get hot enough that it just breaks clean i mean yeah but my my friend pulled it off and made one and that's pretty epic so if i could do that with the big iron i would use it more because it's so convenient because one it does get like you said it gets you mad high but it also doesn't use a lot like that's you're not true. smoking like a joint you're not smoking like a couple packs it's you like know. a bowl amount, right? Yeah, or even less. It's like it's sometimes it's just like enough for one or two hits. Wow. And the way I will usually do it is I pack like one hit and a little layer of Kiva on top, and then you just rip into one, hold it in for a sec, <laughs> and you're set. It's like I use barely anything, and I'm like ripped. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yep. My phone's like maxed out for YouTube. Oh dang. Sometimes it just like screws. Yep. Yeah, my phone will do that too with. A couple of my apps that are like when you need Wi-Fi to connect to something. Was that connected with Wi-Fi or what? I think it's like a combo of Wi-Fi and Wi-Fi. Interesting. GoPro. <laughs> <laughs> Old for GoPro. Have you ever been on the, uh, an like, actual set or something? Yeah, yeah, with like 40 people. Not really. The closest I've been to like being on a set, I guess, is like news. Oh, really? Like I've done like news with Spectrum. I, do you even know Spectrum News? Is like Where is Spectrum? What is Spectrum? Is that like a New York thing or what? That sounds like an internet company, right? Yes. Okay, so you do know. I'm not sure. Like I'm not familiar. I'm like... Are they everywhere or not? <laughs> I, I think like Spectrum's so. everywhere. They have a news company? I guess so. They do Spectrum News, which is part of like Time Warner Cable or something, like what isn't kind of, it? What kind of stuff do they talk about? Just like everyday stuff? They just, it was like, it's like news coverage. That's what they do. They like pull up, like I was working for an event company, so they would pull up with a truck with like comms and, you know, their cameras and everything. And then my company would supply different supplies. So, for example, some of these events they were doing, they need a podium, 
or you need like a stage or like risers, you know? So we would provide those. We provide uh, extra lights because sometimes they only have a limited amount of lights and they want like big lights. And my company that I was working at, we had like everything, you know? That's our job is to like show up and provide. And then, (laughs) you know? So I was working with them and doing that. And those working on site at those was like really cool work and really fun. But I've never been on like a legit set and I've never been involved. Like I've never had like a serious role. Like I set everything up. And when it was time for things to start happening, like people were going to start saying stuff. I was just like, I was like, time to take a lunch and stay out of the way. Like don't mess anything up. Wait for them to say, tear it down. Basically was my job, you know, because I wasn't that high up on the, on the pole or whatever. Yeah, I was just like one of the new guys. I was an intern, actually, technically. That's so. awesome. I got to do that. I, I had to do it for like school every semester. I had to do a certain number of hours on set. But wow. also, I thought I thought it was so fun. The summer even summer before I even started as a freshman, um, my chemistry teacher used to babysit this girl who was now in the film program at the my school, and she invited me onto a set because we like I, I texted her. Um, it was a wacky set. It was probably the worst set I've ever been on because the lunch situation was Wait, all fucked so, up. Yeah, I was gonna say. So what? What was the set like? What it were was, you guys doing? It was like an advanced senior thesis, and mm-hmm. this girl was combining animation with like real life, and everything was super saturated colors, and people were wearing like wacky shit. <laughs> it was like some weird. Uh, I don't even know some weird like you, you know that show um, with the the girl who's in purple or yeah pink and she's wearing that like pink wig and there's the oh blue dude God, who lazy runs. town yeah right? dude, it was like I that that oh, kind of no. vibe no way in the mamaronek wow that's <laughs> where it was okay yeah. so that's crazy that's pretty weird and they actually got to film on the stage where the uh sesame street was done oh that's awesome though. it's called kaufman studios so it was like the place so she was building some crazy sets it was pretty wild see that that's awesome experience too though it's yeah, a weird dude. show, but that, you know that that makes it interesting and that's good work though. Yeah. But so you did that every semester or every year? What was it? Um, as a you had to do it as a freshman, like once a semester or something. But I did like, you know, two or three times a semester. It was pretty fun. Yeah, um, that's a great experience. That's super fun. You know, everyone is always there's so many projects happening that they all need people working on them. Um. What's that typically like for you? Like, where do you show up? And oh, usually you know? the first like five, I was just there to lift, move stuff. Yeah. If they needed yeah. something to the, like batteries from the store, I'd have to go and get them, or like an extra SD card or something like yeah. random. That's what I was most doing of the time. I just sit in the the snack room with the actors while they were doing all their shit. Cause like I don't know what I'm gonna do. But then I I got to be a uh, camera helper. I was like the second AC for a while. Oh, I got nice. to operate those big Ronins. That's like a two handed thing. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, I showed Dan. I'd have to like fish up the the picture of it. You have to remind me, but um, it's like a big joystick. So the camera. Oh, I was doing something like that too. Really, I, I was operating a camera using a joystick as well. It's such a weird feeling, right? That's so cool. Yeah, it was like a rem- yeah remote camera thing, and I was doing that at a graduation. It was like a lot. Yeah, like a live event. And it was like a handheld thing or like a drone or what? It's like it was like it looked like a almost like a security camera. Like it was like a dome. Or like an orb. Okay. And it was on a tripod, and you just move it. You you have like a limited amount of, you know, rotation, and you know, it's limited by like the the gears. It can't like go three. I don't think it can turn like full three sixty. You know, um, but it was it was cool. Yeah, yeah. You have like a remote control, 
where you like you can zoom pan uh yeah whatever and it was kind of it was, it was just, fun. Like, fixed yeah that's wild. basically yeah you're not like moving around too much like no no one was no one was like holding it but the way when i was doing that i actually i, I did camera operation twice i did it once at a graduation ceremony for suny albany and then i did it again at uh a stadium thing in upstate which was like a, a rock concert with these these local talents and that was really cool too that one was with my company but the one at suny albany was with like this other private camera company like i was working with them uh and my my own company but while we're there like this guy is basically giving me like the directions so he would tell me like all right like i want like you know he would have a shot lined up and then he'd be telling me like to line the next shot up so he'd say like come here Mm-hmm. And, like, when I switch to your camera, I want you to, do like, zoom out and pan and, like, capture the whole room. So then I'd be like, okay. And he's like, all right, so, you know. And then he, you say that he has a term, just like, switching, three, two, one. And then he goes on to mine and I pan. And he'd be like, yeah, yeah, like that. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's the stuff. He <laughs> would start saying things like that. Oh, my so God. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, I never operated a camera before. I'm glad that you're happy. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's fun. I love stuff like that. Like, I didn't know you had so much, uh, like, sort of film and TV and like camera experience. It's weird. I also have lighting experience. Yeah. Um. So cool. like, I've I've you know put together like LED walls and assembled like LED displays and stuff like that for like you, know, you or for shows or what? For locations in general, like for shows, like they'll have like a giant LED screen, right? That's like got these like light shows basically happening. And so people will pull up with, like, their flash drive with these pre-programmed, like, LED shows. And, like, they just get projected through the LEDs. You know, usually it's, like, a band logo and, like, graphics. Um, but we also would build them for, like, we, we went to a train station. And the train station had a broken LED screen. So we went and we replaced it. And that displays all of the times, like, mm-hmm. this is when the trains are coming. This is when the trains are leaving and whatever. So we fixed that thing. But in, I also did, like assembling like regular lights like stage lights and whatever putting stuff on trusses and then i did spotlights at live shows too yeah. so you have to like aim this giant spotlight that's like huge it's like a cannon you have to aim it at the people on stage and follow them around which can be funny too because then like they, they're moving around they're running so sometimes you're like got this you know spotlight that's aimlessly like trying to find this person you know yeah. and my first time running spotlights was again at suny albany because we do a lot of events there because the company's located like right near the city of Albany. Um, so we work in there all the time. So we're at the, the college and we did Rich the Kid, who's like this rapper, you know, this, this guy who was a, even went viral from SoundCloud. And, you know, it's funny as heck because we're here and I'm like, I got the spotlight on him. I'm doing like pretty well. And at one point in the show, he does that thing where that rapper's doing there. He's like, I want all the lights off. Turn all the lights off. Everyone turn your phone cameras on and, and put your flashlights on. I want all the lights off. So I have like, a, you know, the comm. I have like an intercom and I'm talking to my boss like, yo, like, it's, it's okay if I turn this off, right? He's like, yeah, do what he says. So I do it. And then eventually like lights start coming on again. And I'm like, should I turn on my spotlight again? And my boss is like, yeah. So I do. And he goes... Get that flashlight out of my eyes. Who's, who's putting the flashlight in my eyes? Oh my Get God. that flashlight out of my eyes. And I was like, I think he's talking about my spotlight. What the heck? 
So then I turn it off and I'm like, yeah, sorry, boss. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not keeping it on. I don't think he wants it anymore. Oh my God. It was so funny to have, yeah, Rich the Kid just be like, yo, get that flashlight out of my eyes. I'm like, it's a spotlight, dude. I'm sorry. I'm doing my job. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I never properly introduced you. Uh, I just, I just want to like, you know, shout you out. You're Jordan Demarest, right? Yeah. <laughs> I had to think about that one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's exactly. Yeah. But like I uh I talk about you often. You're you're a cool dude. I always talk like my uh every time I go to dance or whatever, right? I tell my girlfriend like dude, we have a crazy time. This documentary or this fucking like band practice was insanely good. Yeah, um, I love it. It's yeah. always good times. Like that's the thing is like every time we've hung out like, typically, we're, like, working on something, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you and I, like, work on stuff. That, like, that's how we met, is through working on something. Right. And, like, here we are, like, working on something together. You know what I mean? And that's, that's cool, because, like, you know, we're not only friends, but first we were collaborators, in a way. Which is really yeah. cool to come that way. You know, it's very bene- beneficial. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm really happy I, I met you and I know you. Like, that's awesome. It's good times, man. Like, it's awesome. Yeah, at first it was... um. It's pretty stressful because I was like directing, so you have to think of everything at once. But then when yeah. we started like jamming and all that, I was like, a real, a real good time. Tw- early twenty twenty one, late twenty twenty were awesome. Yeah, I was gonna say the first time we met was like when I did an interview mm-hmm. with you, I think. Yeah, and I think we jammed after that, right? Like eventually, yeah, um, I think so. Like the guy who was assisting you left and. Everything got torn down, and I think that you hopped on guitar or something. I think I think David David was there one of the times. Yeah, David was there the second time I was there. The first okay. time I was first there. Time, <clears throat> yeah, the first time I was there, everyone was supposed to come, and like mm. no one showed up. Yeah, dude. So then Dan <coughs> told me no one showed up. I I tell Dan I'm like, do you not want me to come anymore? He's like, no, we need you to come. <laughs> like we thought people. I thought that since no one came, like maybe I shouldn't come. I'm like, should I? Mm-hmm. He's like, no, we needed people to come. You, you gotta come. And I was like, okay, no problem. Well, I'm glad you did come. Yeah, exactly. Right. It was you fun. Know? That was the day. I used a lot of purple lighting or like that sort of magenta lighting. Oh, yeah. Um. That was really fun, and I remember the conversation being good. I was like, still trying to record myself at that point, so I was behind a camera. Like, there's a camera between I you. Know, and I remember me. you being pretty far two away. Two cameras. too. Yeah, because we yeah. have to, you know, social distance. We have our masks on and stuff. So. Yeah, I forgot about that. We yeah, were, like, so you were really... like on the other side of this room. I'm like looking at you, like, hey. I know, but it was fun. I remember, um, just mainly, I remember like the like locking in with you on the drums is so fun. We're able to just have this funky back and forth yeah. that's so like, yeah, especially on sax lately. It's been like yeah. fantastic. Yeah. You start laying something, you start putting out these rhythms, and I'm, I like, I love, I love that. Like, I love when a, an artist like puts out a rhythm or has a motif, right? They mm-hmm. have like a thing they start playing. Because I'm the drummer, you can be like, all right, I'm gonna exaggerate all your rhythms. Yeah, exactly. And that makes it tight. And then the rest of the band, they hear us being tight, <laughs> and they're like, okay, this is the groove. Exactly. And it's like now we have something, you know? It's yeah. not just us all playing. Like it's it's nuts. So it's the same with the bass too. I played bass with Dan. Dan was on drums and guitar. That oh, that's sick, cool. Wait, when was that? Did you guys record that? Because I want to I wanna hear that. No, we never recorded it. It was just like uh, while he was filming, we just took an hour break. I know. That's why, I, yeah. I try to record the, the cool shit like this. I'm like, man, that was awesome. I want to re-listen to that. <laughs> I know. I, I always feel like it's like record everything. <laughs> exactly. I have the, um. we can watch them here too because we have the speakers. The 
uh, GoPro footage from our jam with Elijah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, all, like, that was two super hours cool of it. Too. Yeah, that was awesome. That, that was a good jam. We did a Bertha. We did... Um, we did John Mayer fucking uh, slow dancing in a burning room. I've never even like thought to play that song. Oh, yeah, we and it's did. So good. It sounded so good. I forgot about that. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's funny how you don't remember it until you like start hearing the songs and you're like, oh, I remember. We did that and then it took us to here. And then yeah. It took us to here. I'm actually trying to uh, make a... I uploaded them to the to Google Drive. It's like 50 gigabytes though. So you, you can just like parse through. But I'm also trying to do a spreadsheet which I, I like doing ever since I did my film and I was recording the shoot report. I would say like who was playing what and what song was played. Yeah. And the GoPro file is just our name like ass. It's like G two 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 five four three. Um, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, but I like going through because I, I remember those things. Like, oh man, we did a uh, Cumberland Blues or something, something like <laughs> like that, like a western. Yeah. But anyway, I wanted to ask you. Um, the 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 show sort of like ends up being about a lot of stuff, but um, mainly my goal with it is to talk about weed, and I'm surprised I always like divert from it because it's just like <laughs> yeah, there's, there's just so, so much to, talk, much to about. talk about, right? Yep. But I think that one thing that I'm trying to like get to the bottom of sort of is the whole like feature about weed that you forget about until you're in the middle of it, where it's kind of like a magical thing. I was wondering mm. if you ever had like a really magical or like even if you don't want to think of it that way, just like a profound experience. Um, maybe not because of weed, but in junction with weed. Yeah, I I feel like it happens a lot more. Like I notice it more. I feel like that stuff happens in your life a lot, and you're sometimes you don't always notice it, but I do notice it when I'm high. Like sometimes when I smoke, I will notice coincidences or things happen that I'm like, wow, like that's like, how, how did that just happen? Or exactly. like, what are the chances of that? You know, or wow, I, I can't believe that. Like that's once in a million. And that, that stuff probably happens to me like other times, but I definitely notice it a lot when I'm high. And if maybe that's just like the law of attraction, who knows? I don't really know what it is, but I've had some weird experiences and yeah, definitely like you could say magical or like ethereal or yeah cryptic surreal i don't even know like stuff you know stuff happens for me sometimes i would smoke and it's like i walked like my life was a set in the way that it's, it's a controlled self-isolated thing and then it's like leaving a set going back to this other completely different world yeah um and I, i've has i met john mayer while i was on an edible what and it was so fucking like surreal <laughs> I, I didn't have a pass i like my girlfriend did and because uh, it was like a family friend or something and she brought me backstage i just sort of like followed her while the people were ushering her backstage and i got to talk to him i shook his hand i asked him wow. about um uh if he's played video games and he said no <laughs> he said he you wasn't know what a video he game does person. instead he probably plays guitar probably that yeah he spent so much time on that thing but yeah yeah we, and for me it's the crazy experiences and also i think it just elevates really emotional things like when I listen mm, to my, yeah. my favorite song at a concert, uh, which happens to be, you know, Eyes of the World, um, I was fucking like ball my eyes out, you know, and I wouldn't probably do that if I was sober. And it just gets you to a different place. Yeah. I, the last time, or, or I don't even know if it's the last time, but it was, I guess it was like 2016 and I was high one morning. I, wake, I did a wake and bake 
I woke and boke. <laughs> and I was on my way to school at the time. And there's like the sun is like coming up like it's early in the morning. Like it's a beautiful sunrise and beautiful day. And I'm listening to uh, Jimi Hendrix at Woodstock. And it's the Star Spangled Banner. Oh, yeah. And in that song, it's the part where it's like, in the land of the free. And it's that note. He hits it. And the guitar feeds back. But it's an octave above the note he hits. And it's so beautiful. So perfect. Could not have happened any more beautifully than it did. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's just like a perfect moment. It's like, that's live. His guitar feeding back shouldn't have been that perfect. You know what I mean? But it was. And yeah, I cried. Well, <laughs> if I wasn't high that morning, I might not have cried. I might have just been like, you know, crap, I got to get to school. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, I was really like, wow, what a beautiful, perfect moment. So yeah, yeah, being high just like makes you realize your, yeah, your emotions much more, you know? For sure. It makes stuff in minor seem really scary too, but not in like a, like a distressing way, just like a really uh, well done like monster movie or horror movie or something. Yeah. Just like, like I watched Godzilla high and that was insane. But a- anyway. Wait, which Godzilla? The new new one. Oh, okay, I want to see that. Yep. Um, I think it was the sequel new one. Yeah. Um, sure. Not not versus Kong. I I, I do want to see that, but not bad enough to like. <laughs> have seen it i know yeah i want to see that too but mainly the um another the song that i really felt i i surprised myself also that i cried to um is that city field and john mayer was playing uh franklin's tower after really menacing really? like help on the way that was so, like it sounded so fucking good reverbing off the whole stadium but uh um just his literally just his tone on franklin's tower i was hearing it i'm like it just made me it just wow. pulled the tears out of me. It was really bizarre. That's amazing. It was windy, so just blowing away. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah, no, that's epic. That stuff is so epic. It feels so good. It's amazing how powerful music is. Yeah. You know? The fact that you, we can just make it, you know, it's, a fr- it's something free. You just do. Yeah, I really believe music is a language. Mm-hmm. I think more than anything. You know what I mean? You can say it's an art or a, a science. You know, people even compare music to math. But I really think that music is a language because, I mean, think you can write in a language, right? You can write music. Yeah. You can speak a language and you can speak music. You know, you can read a language and you can read music. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you don't need to do all three, you know, to speak a language. Like some people can just speak and not read. Like that's literally a thing. The birds only talk you to know? each other through music. They like sing. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? So it's 100% like music is a language, I believe. Yeah. It's communicating. You really are communicating. An emotion, an idea, you know what I mean? You can really understand. And especially when you make singing, you are not only communicating something with music, but with, with your lyrics or your words or, you know, that's that's it's so powerful. I had a friend one time because, you know, going to music school, I have a, a friend who is very stubborn and classical. And he said, mm-hmm. I don't think you can consider yourself a true musician if you can't read music. And I was like, well, what about Stevie Wonder? He can't read anything. Would you, he's a musician though, right? And it's yeah. like, well, yeah. And it's like, see, so you don't have to read music to be a musician or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, that's cool. I, I, I like music a lot. <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so cool. Yeah, for sure. I miss, I miss live music. I've been hearing like bits and pieces of it recently. And it's like, holy shit, I can't wait for this to be fully back. Yeah, I know that things are going to start happening, and that's exciting. The West, there's this new place in uh, my state 
It's in New Haven called the Westville Music Bowl, which is basically Ooh. the Yale tennis court, but they made it into like a music venue. Oh, whoa. Um, I don't know if it doubles or what, but they're using it for Government Mule this like today and tomorrow. Um, wow. J Rad is going to play there two different weekends and like a bunch of other jam bands. So they're doing like half capacity or something, right? Like 70% or something weird or probably, what's but happening. it's still a lot of people. I mean, J Rad sold out, but I don't, I think they're one of two bands to sell out. There's a, there's a bunch of other people that they can, I think J Rad mainly it's just bots, you know, uh, yep. people resell, but yeah, it's, uh, yep. it's cool. Live music is definitely returning There's a lot in Connecticut. I think I told you about it last time we saw each other. Yeah. Stuff's just like popping up. Yeah. New York's kind of like slowing with that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of disappointing. Yeah, I, I see some dates popping up in, like, world tours, and those aren't happening until, like, the fall or even next year, like, 2022. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what I'm seeing is you're going to have to, for some things, you're going to need, like, a proof of vaccination or something like that. You think so? I saw that with travel, at least. They're doing that in some places for travel. Mm-hmm. You need, like a, like, a vaccination passport. Like, it's not just, like, a passport to travel. You need, like, a vaccination passport. I heard it's, like, an app that they make you download interesting that's what i've heard the thing is i i don't even fully believe that we're gonna have to do that i feel like it might be overblown just like a because it's kind of like a privacy concern but it definitely is but i think everyone's most people gonna be vaccinated anyway but i mean it's it's kind of like you know it's kind of a fuck you if you don't want to get vaccinated for whatever reason yeah i basically i did because you know i figured it would it would be good it would be good for me and and it would make other people happy too you know what i mean it'll it'll make people feel safer to be around me or whatever but also a big thing is like yeah i'm hoping that this will get me into things like i want things to start happening again and like this can get me into that like my family's trying to do a vacation so we're thinking about like we should all be vaccinated if we're trying to travel Mm -hmm. because that might have to be a thing and yeah i just got my second shot on wednesday and today is friday so yeah cool. it's it's like i i feel okay like i thought i was gonna feel sick and nasty because they say the, the nice. second shot's worse but i feel okay the only thing i got is like soreness in my arm like yesterday it was hard to like lift it up i can lift it up now but if i touch right here mm-hmm. i can feel where the shot is like it's t- it's tight yeah but other than that it's fine and that's gonna be gone by tomorrow nice so yeah my girlfriend got a shot yesterday or two days ago and uh she was like really exhausted at the at the the night of whatever day it was but um i go for my my second one tomorrow before the the shindig yeah that's gonna be crazy good stuff what are we uh what are we like playing tomorrow yeah that's a good that's a good question i think we're if, if i had to like guess it would be some like bertha um so that's not and we played that and it sounded good um yeah. i don't know if we're just gonna meander like we did the last time but that's always cool you know yeah i'm fine with whatever what are we doing like camera wise eliana's gonna be on the ronin and there's gonna oh, be a gopro cool. up yeah i think she's I, great she is great yeah it's, it's great working with her as well I'm just thinking, like, technically, it might be a little tight in there to put cameras, mm-hmm. but um, we'll make something work. Yeah. But, yeah, Eliana is awesome, of course. Oh, yeah. 
And Dana, obviously, dude. Yeah. Yeah, so, dude, ready? Mm-hmm. All right, can we can we talk about other things besides weed on here, potentially? Yeah. All right, so, my first time taking LSD at purchase. Like, I've done it before, but my first time at purchase was the fall 2019 semester. That's my first semester. Um, that's when I started at purchase. I was a junior. Um, and my friends and I, well, my, my one friend had never tripped before. So we as you were saying, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as we're in the middle of the trip, like we're at a point where we're, we're all feeling pretty, pretty good. And, mm-hmm. and at this point we had like met people that we never met before and they ended up becoming like really good friends of ours just a a lot of wild stuff happened that night but at one point during the trip i'm like i think i remember there's a concert going on tonight so we go to the stewed which is the venue at school and maybe check it out so like we go and we get there and i remember oh yeah tonight's the grateful dead band i forgot about that so we get in there and there's dan there's Ship of Fools. I didn't know them at the time. I didn't even know it was Ship of Fools. All, all I knew was that there was a Grateful Dead cover band. And I, I didn't even think it was like an actual band. Like I thought it was just like these guys got together, decided to cover Grateful Dead songs. But no, like it's a Grateful Dead cover band, like straight up. Like they're a band. And so I'm like there and Dan's going crazy. Like his voice was great and he was like soloing like nuts. He just got the crazy hands, you know what I'm saying? So... He's doing that. And who's front row? But Elijah in that red shirt that he wore at Night of the Living Dead 3. Oh, my God. He was wearing that shirt. And Elijah's front row going crazy. And I'm in the back like, whoa, this is, like, wild. Like, this this, this group is sick. Like, this band's great. And Elijah's, like, singing every word. And at one point, Dan looks at Elijah and goes, like, oh, you're singing every word. You must know these songs. He's like, what do you want to hear? Elijah said, I can't even remember what song it was. And Alpha, they were. Yeah. Yeah, and he goes, that's literally our next song. So it was like this magical night. You're like, and here we are. We end up a year later, like literally exactly a year later, playing that same show that Elijah and I were at. Like Elijah and I saw this show, and then now a year later, we played this show, you know, which is pretty weird. That is pretty weird. We walk out of the studio that night, and my friend who's tripping for the first time goes, that music was fantastic. That band was so cool. Like that, that music felt like it was like made for people who were tripping. And I was like, bro, that was like, that was a grateful dead cover band. He's like, Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> they did it like very heavy though. They were, they, they were did. really cool. Jake is just a powerhouse and mm-hmm. uh, you know, Dan's voice is awesome. No, that's what I remember them being way more like, you know, the grateful Dead's pretty bluesy. You got the Southern rock vibes, but they were like rock. They yeah, were like punk-ish heavy. rock. Mm-hmm. Really pushing the boundaries, which is yeah, awesome. That's what makes them a good cover band. You know what I mean? You're exactly. not just a total copy. You kind of make make it your own in, in little ways. You know, bring bring your own flavor to the music. We're all really good at that when we jam. I like that. Yeah. For sure. And also, uh, you know, it's cool that I'm doing the documentary on you guys because uh, it like in a way this sort of just was a bunch of coincidences and stuff and just random occurrences that made the band like exist yeah but i'm putting it into just like a straight narrative when it's like all over the place which is really cool to have you stringing that together that's true but mainly yeah. it's just it's because it's i have to understand every part of the story 
So to me, they're all like as important as each other, which is really cool. And Dang, when you look in I retrospect, never, yeah, no good documentaries. Now that you say that, I guess like I, in my memory, like good documentaries have that they capture oh, yeah. everyone's like perspective on the story and all that's ultimately holistic, you know, at the end mm -hmm. of it all, which is great. And you're, yeah, you're doing really well with that too. Like that's that's what makes it really strong. Yeah, exactly. I have a a cool a cool team of people working on it too. I have I have an editor. Ho hopefully, I lost my co-producer, but um, because he had like some medical thing. But this new guy reached out to me, and he said he's a deadhead. He's been to all the dead and company or not all, but a lot of the dead and company shows in the area around New York and Saratoga. So he, he we've been to the same shows. I I, oh, I love wow. Saratoga so much. I've been there every every year since 2017. That's awesome. But yeah, uh, I only missed 2019, I think. Was the only year I missed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 2018 was cool. I went with like a bunch of my friends and my girlfriend at the time. So that was really cool. Was that was very when they special. played Karina there? Mhm. Mm yeah. That was a magical show, dude. Yes, it was. I, they sound checked with that. I heard it like ambiently bouncing yeah. off the trees as I was walking to the venue. Yeah, no, I remember being there like, oh, dude, I was, I was on the lawn. You probably were too, right? Or were yep. you in the, yeah. I was on the lawn. Yep, that's it. Yeah, and then 2017 was funny because my friend's dad did shrooms. So watching him kind of like bugging out and go wild, mm -hmm. that was, that was wild. And I had someone offer me free acid and I said no. Like, like oh. a good lad. Yeah, smart decision. Yep. Yeah, someone, Even like taking joints from people, I'm always like kind of nervous about or something. If someone's like passing something, I'm like, you never know. Yeah, because like, really, you'd you want to be safer than sorry. My ex's mom uh, used a joint that people were passing around, and like everyone who used it just passed out, and they're in the front of the pit. It was really scary. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't there at the time, but I heard about it, and uh, you know, I was offered acid by this like dude at Peach Fest. He was like a dad. He was talking about his son <laughs> in the military or whatever. He's like, you want some acid? I'm like, no, I'm good. Because uh, Trey was playing later. And I was oh. like, I, like it's, it's going to be the first time I hear him. And uh, I think I want to hear him like on weed or at, at the most, you know, first yeah, time. And then I ended right? up doing that. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, ground scores. That'd be crazy, just like thinking, just YOLO as you fucking pick yeah. something up from the ground and snort it or whatever, not knowing what it is. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about that stuff. You yeah, know what I mean, even like buying from someone new at times, I'm like, gotta make sure it's okay. I want to make sure I'm cool. Exactly. I can't wait for dispensaries to come here. Yeah, that's gonna be really cool. I have a friend who's uh, selling himself now. He's been ordering uh, seeds. He's gonna start growing. Cool. And he finally met someone who's got these crazy deals so he's been buying very cheap and selling um and it's crazy because like he's now selling dabs too and normally i can't get dabs for like cheaper than like 30 a gram maybe 25 and he's selling them for 15 a gram i believe and i'm like that's pretty cheap man like that's crazy how much are you like how like how is that like are we ripping you off or are you getting ripped off like yeah he's not so that's interesting to see like things are changing i think yeah that's yeah. cool because like the black market sort of like prices are just 
they're not regulated or anything. They're just like dependent on the <laughs> supply yeah. and demand, like fully. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We're gonna see a lot of the business start booming. Yeah, and hopefully people growing and just bypassing the whole thing. I would like to eventually. That'd be so yeah. cool. Yeah, but I think even with uh, it just takes a while supposedly to grow the plant. It's like six yeah. months to a year. Yeah. I hear that. It takes a long time to get started. Like your plants produce more as time goes on, but you really need to get up to a point where it's just like sustaining itself almost. Like yeah. you give it all the care it needs, but it's just like a strong enough plant that it'll produce. But that takes like a year or two. Yeah. But then it, it puts out so much weed. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. My family went to California a while ago on vacation. It was like 2015, I think, summer of 2015, I believe. And like we went to the redwood forest and they have sequoias which are the trees you right. know they have they sell those in like a little cup and you can grow it <laughs> into a whole redwood if you want to which is crazy you know yeah, yeah for but sure. yeah you know where were we i guess what were we were we? sort of like trailing off i was actually thinking <laughs> yeah. of asking um what was like your earliest sort of experiences with weed I think I've forgotten my, like, second or... Th I remember the first time, but after that, it's sort of hazy. I remember the first two times I smoked. And that was really... No, there was, like, three times, I think. Three real times that I got high before I stopped for a long time. Uh -huh, okay. And so my first time smoking, this was summer of 2013... And my first time smoking was my friend got tickets to fish for his birthday. Him, <laughs> yeah. it was like an extra ticket. And he invited me. So my first time getting high, I got high, then I went to fish. And it was amazing. <laughs> like, I would never even experienced jam music before. I never saw fish. I didn't really know, like, any of their songs. And it was, like, magical. I remember just being, like, blown, blown away, like, just, like, what is happening? People yeah. were just throwing glow sticks constantly. And I was, like, fixating over, like, getting as many glow sticks as I could and shoving it in this water bottle so that I could throw the water bottle. So, like, I was just goofy high. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? But that was my, yeah, that was my first time ever. And my first time smoking, my first feeling was, like, oh, my God, this is so hot. Like, I feel like this hurts and this sucks. So I only took, like, two hits off this joint. And I was just laughing. <laughs> the whole bike ride home. We were in, like, the woods and we rode our bikes. We, like, ride our bikes home, and we're, like, laughing the whole time, and we're, like, sitting there in his living room, like, not even, like, like, you think, like, if, if we were, like, normally chilling, we'd be, like, in his room, like, on his computer playing video games or making music. We were just sitting in his living room, like, talking, like, being high. So that was kind of obvious, but his dad, I guess, was pretty oblivious, so his dad ended up making us dinner, driving us to the concert, uh, picking us up. Like, you it were was, high the whole time? When I got to the concert, I started coming down, and then this guy passed around a spliff. Yo, okay. So that was also my first time smoking tobacco that night. Wow. Because there was a spliff, and I didn't even know it was. When my friend Aaron, when he passed it to me, he goes, this is a spliff. And I was like, okay. So then I hit it, and then after, I'm like, what's a spliff? <laughs> you know? I was kind of like, I figured that was just another term for a it joint or something. in liquid LSD. <laughs> yeah, Matt, he said that. He was like, yeah, it's crack. And I'm like, it looked like, what? Yeah. It's that crack yeah. weed. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, my God. You know? 
So yeah, that was that was awesome. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, my two favorite songs from that performance were uh, "The Divided Sky" and "You Enjoy Myself." Oh, "You Enjoy Myself" is fucking phenomenal. Yes, song. it is. Oh my god, it was amazing. They're jumping on trampolines. They do a vocal <laughs> solo at the end, and that was like my favorite part of the whole concert. Oh, incredible! Like that was like one of the best experiences of my life. Like wow. the first time getting high and going to that. You know, sold me on weed. Definitely, I was like. I'd wanted to smoke for a long time up until that point. Like, I was already listening to music where I knew people smoked. I'd seen movies that were, like, stoner movies. Like, I knew that smoking was something I was interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm all, I've am i also always been a careful person, so I'm always, like, trying to be good and take care of myself and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Second time smoking, I went to a Bob Marley cover band concert with the same guy. This was the same friend. Like, I wasn't buying weed, but he like new dealers and was dealing for a bit um so as a friend of mine we both made music together and we're both into very similar things we were like trying to like chill and and do that so like Mm -hmm. he invited me to the fish concert i was like hey i know a bob marley cover concert you should come over we'll get high and then we'll go because last time we were at his house this time we're gonna go to my house we smoked the joint in my basement after the concert and tried to blow out the window. One of those little small basement windows. You know, you're in a basement and it's like super small windows. Yeah. And it did not work. My whole house smelled. And I had little brothers at the time who like did not know about like smoking really. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't really know about weed like that yet. Like my youngest brother hadn't even done like dare at that point. You know what I'm saying? So my uh, my parents were very upset. <laughs> yeah. And that was like a kind of a barrier. Like I was one of the first times in my life where it was like. Oh, my parents are like actually disappointed in me. And that felt weird, you know, very weird. And then that was the summer come October. I'm just like, oh, I'll try to smoke again. Just be a little more low key, not smoke around the house at all. Mm-hmm. Like I'll just smoke like at, you know, in the woods behind school. Like I would stay after school and smoke in the woods behind school, stuff like that. And there was this one time. This is so this is actually the third time. So, all right, it was like the first time was Fish, second time was Bob Marley, third time was just after school, and after we smoked, I text my mom like, yeah, like, because like she had to pick me up at some point. There was like a late bus that didn't come till like way later, and I texted her like, yeah, I'll probably be free around this time. And after I texted her, I'm like, wait, I probably should have taken the late bus. I should have just made up an excuse and taken the bus later. And then I would have more time to just, like, be high. Mm-hmm. So that was a big mess up. Because then I'm like, and now I'm going to just be on this drive home with my mom. And I'm, hopefully I'm going to be okay. And I was like, I hope I either don't say anything, like, dumb or talk too much. Yeah. And I ended up on the side of, like, don't talk too much. I was kind of quiet on the way home, which is awkward. But <laughs> And I remember that time I'm, like, sitting doing homework and I'm, like, looking at stuff. And I actually kind of felt like I was, like, hallucinating. I was like, not like hard, but I was like, things look like they're like breathing or like kind of like wavy. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, like curtains look like they were like wavy, you know? And so I'd, I'd probably, I'd, I've, I'd probably smoked five times in that course from like July of 2015 to like October 2015. But I only really got mm-hmm. high, like really high three times. Ever? At that point. Oh, okay, okay. And then... That was, I took a break because, all right, so after 2013, my parents, like, I guess just didn't trust me as much. And at one point, they found, like, a grinder and joint papers and a lighter. 
no weed but that stuff and so they were upset they took that away and they're like i think they took away my phone at the time too and like Damn. said like you're like grounded were they mad this. about something else you did or just like snooping for no reason yeah i guess it was yeah like snooping around damn okay <laughs> i know right my favorite yeah so you did nothing wrong getting punished yeah i mean though basically they were just upset that i was smoking like they didn't want yeah. me smoking so they were like grounding me for smoking weed yeah yeah so it was like hard like my parents were very against it for for a while and i'm also the firstborn so my parents have always i've been like the crash test dummy you know <laughs> at this point like they know that my little brothers smoke which is crazy yeah. and they're like it's like if they knew that about me they would have literally yeah taken away my phone and grounded me and now they don't care it's like Damn, dude. wild you know it's not that they don't care like we don't smoke around them, we don't talk about it around them. It's kind of like an unspoken thing, mm-hmm. and that's the, where, where we're at now. Is like as long as it's not getting us in trouble or we're not being dangerous, like it's it's okay. And I yeah, I just don't like smoke around them. I don't really say like I'm going out to smoke or I don't like yeah. make it obvious. You know? Do they like grill you about it, or they just is it like a don't ask don't tell? <laughs> they never do. The only time they'll bring it up is like if it smells, basically. Yeah, I feel like I smell it and I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, dude, I feel your pain. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard, you know. Yeah, yeah. Basically, that was that was it. Like I, and then I got grounded. I didn't smoke for a while, and then I ended up having a girlfriend. She didn't smoke. I had my friends at the time they weren't really smoking, so I just didn't smoke for a while. But then, around when my my girlfriend and I at the time when we were getting close to breaking up, like things were on the decline. I had my other friends were starting to smoke again, like my old friends. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I was interested in it again. And I got, like, an apple. I'm trying to smoke out of an apple. I was trying to smoke out of tinfoil. And oh it was a mess. I was trying to do stuff like that. Like, I picked up, like, a gram of weed. And over the course of, like, a month, I tried, like, a bunch of different ways of smoking. Like, the tin can. I was trying everything. You know what I mean? And it sucked. And then New Year's Eve was when my girlfriend broke up with me. And the same day, my friend was like, yo, you should come get high with us. And those are... Those are my best friends, like, to this day. Like, nice. those, like if, if I had to, like, narrow down, like, best friends, like, homies, like, you know, th- like, we went through a lot together. So they're, they're, like, my best friends. And that night, that was, like, my first time actually getting high again with them. You know, it was, like, and that's, that was that point. So that was New Year's of 2016. Like, it, it was January 1st, 2016. Okay. And so I only taken like two real tolerance breaks since then so how long were the tolerance breaks like at most 12 days yeah yeah i but like so i took a break like you know what i mean like i i I smoked for a couple months back when i was a freshman in high school and then i took a break until senior year and then i smoked in yeah like january 1st 2016 and now here we are april 2021 so it's been like yeah couple years been on the stoner grind kind of yeah so i got experience now you know (laughs) okay actually one other funny story yeah yeah. before i started like like i said on january 1st that's when i chilled with my friend and we we smoked and that was a magical night you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it was it was just fun to have a little adventure but before that when i smoked out of the apple at the time i worked at target so i smoked in the parking lot of where I worked when I wasn't on shift. Mm-hmm. And then I go in and I'm like, I'm just going to walk around and buy some snacks and 
talked to some people because I know some people at, that I worked with who smoked, and I knew it was at night. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's super low-key. Like, I knew it was going to be, like, a funny little vibe. But I get there. I buy some snacks. I'm like, I'm not really feeling it. And then I, like, go to check out. And, like, the people who I thought were working weren't really working. And I'm like, mm. this is boring. Like, I'm not really feeling it. I'm going to go outside, and there's this guy, Kevin. Now, Kevin is goofy. He looks like Heat Miser. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. He's a very interesting guy. And he always talks like, oh, Jordan, how are you? Oh, he'll always do that kind of thing. Like, oh, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe <laughs> it. Very so, particular. I know. Yeah, it's interesting, right? So he is like, he's out there. He's like, oh, it's great to see you, Jordan. Like, I always like how you, you are so enthusiastic and you always do your best at work. I was like, oh, thanks, Kevin. He's like, yeah, if you if you do your best in life, I know you're going to go far. And if you work hard, you can do anything you want. I know you can. I was like, wow, Kevin, thank you. That's really kind <laughs> of you. He's like, yeah, a lot of things in this world are possible, but you might not believe it. I was like, that's probably a good point. That's very interesting. He's like, yeah, I've seen black magic. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I think I'm high. <laughs> like, I didn't think I was before. But now I feel high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I got through the whole store. I got through checkout. I wasn't feeling it. Now I'm out here and this man's talking about black magic. What happened? So, yeah, he, he starts talking about how... I was like... Uh, my, I think my I was just like, whoa, okay. So, what have you seen? And he's like, I've seen someone make it start raining and then stop raining. With the snap of their fingers. I've seen people make cars float. I was like, whoa, Kevin, like, how do you learn black magic? He's like, there's spell books. You can read about it. It's, <laughs> it's all been, it's all history. I was like, well, maybe we should like get in on this, Kevin. Like, was that powerful? He's like, no, 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 no. Don't mess with black magic. You do not want to mess with black magic. I was like, okay. He's like, we want to, we want to mess with white magic. I was like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I was like, I got to go. I got to get out of here. Like, this <laughs> yeah. guy, you know? Heat Miser's talking about his black magic. Or his yeah. white magic. Yeah, right? I was like, okay, interesting. Dude, the guy who gave me um, my first tab of acid, which is my first psychedelic, was I was I was just like walking, trying to use this pen, but like to burn a piece of bud, which did not work at all. And it like made me feel like sick. And I was like really straining my throat to, you know, get it down. But Crap, Patrick, that's crazy. I know, but I, I, was, I was walking trying to do that. And this, I just... This guy saw my shirt. I was wearing the green shirt I was wearing the last time we jammed, like the, the steely on the front. It was green. And we just ch- chatted up, and he's like, I don't know. We're talking about, like, random shit. And then he's just like, here, man, take this. And he, like, takes this big piece of, like, looks like paper. And he just, like, crudely just takes a piece off. And he's like, here you go. I'm like, what is that? And he's like, it's acid, man. And, uh. Wow. I think Duncan Trussell said that like you don't find acid like acid finds you or like psychedelics generally. Interesting, yeah. But wow, um, like it comes to you similar for sort of. And then we, for an hour, like we smoked some uh, joint that he rolled, and he told a story. Or we just going off like crazy conspiracy stuff. He's like, you know, do, you know the movie Doctor Strange. That's real, man. I've seen people walk around drawing runes in the street. I'm Whoa. like, what the fuck. <laughs> Wow. So we were just talking about like really off the wall shit. So that then I took the acid like half an hour later and I was just completely, I thought there were 
I was hearing AC units going by, thinking they were like helicopters or something. It was wild. Whoa. And I got stuck in the Times Square. I was trying to get to Central Park, but I got halfway. Times Square just confused the Wait, shit out of me. you were tripping in New York City? Yeah. Your first time? Yeah. You were tripping? It, it felt like I was in the mirror Dude, dimension of Doctor what? Strange. It's like all the roads were intersecting and everything. And... Patrick, that's crazy. <laughs> I love... All right, so here's the thing. I love... Like, LSD is kind of wild because anytime anyone tells you any situation and then you add LSD to the, the equation, it makes it like 10 times crazier. Yeah. Like, you could be like, I was in New York City trying to get to... um central park and i didn't get there and it's like oh damn you say you're doing that on acid i'm like so interested i yeah. want to know every detail <laughs> oh, of what dude. happened when we were coming your journey you know it's like i was awesome. trying to get back to my apartment on 14th street like my dorm and there's just one subway you just go in you go and you're out where the dorm is but i went down to the station in times square and like the turnstile stopped working i was doing my thing trying to get in and like everyone got stuck at the same time and none of the turnstiles were functioning. Like, I felt like the world was ending. Like, like <laughs> we're gonna walk outside and this meteor was gonna hit or something. Yeah. Uh, like that's just that's just crazy. So I had to walk to the next station, which was like five blocks down. That's wild. My first trip was in a shed, and there was a thunderstorm happening outside for like two hours during the trip. Yeah. <laughs> and that was wild. And I started tripping around nine p.m. I stopped tripping around like 8.30 or 9 in the morning. Wow. And one of my friends, he didn't show up until 2 a.m. And he started tripping at 2 a.m. Oh, my God. Which is crazy. I was like, he was just tripping until 2 p.m. the next day almost. You know, he was just in a different place. And he was laughing uncontrollably at one point. He was crying so hard, mm-hmm. laughing, crying, like out of breath. Like it was intense. Uh, the first like song I put on while I was tripping was um the f- oh, what is it Astronomy Dominion, which is the first song on the first Pink Floyd album. Oh my god! And it's trippy. I don't even think I'd ever heard it at that point, <laughs> but I was just like drawn to like the Sid Barrett vibes and oh, I forgot that Pink he was Floyd. in there still. Yeah, yeah, that was before David Gilmour, so. Really tricky stuff, man. That was that was all wild. But we start the trip. There was this album by Schoolboy Q called The Blank Face LP that had just came out on that day. So my friends were like, "Oh, we gotta listen to it tonight." But we just got the acid that day too. And yeah. That was very spur of the moment. So here we are, like listening to this trip, you know, of 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 this hip hop album. And it was actually, it was four of us tripping. And then one of my friends ended up going to a party. He got a text. This guy's like, yo, I'm going to a party. You want to come? And he was like, yeah, sure. So he leaves us. Oh, my God. While we're tripping, we're like, no. Like, we're like bonded. Our souls are bonded right now in this trip. Like, you can't leave. And he's like, I'll be back. So we're like, okay. Then our other friend, Aaron, who's the one I smoked with for, for the first time ever. Hmm. He's like, my mom just said I have to come home. We were like, what? <laughs> So yeah, he like had to go home while he was tripping. That's his own story. But like, damn, it's just me and my friend Connor who ended up going into the Air Force and he lives in Alaska right now. I still talk to him, but yeah, we, yeah, like we were in this shed. It wasn't even our shed. Like our friend who owns it, he wasn't even there. He was at a different party with my friend Alec. Mm -hmm. And Alec is the one who didn't show up until 2 a.m. Finds out we're tripping and is like, oh, I want it too. So he calls the dealer. 
she delivers to us in like 15 minutes and okay. then he started tripping and he had work at noon so he had to call out <laughs> like right after the peak of his trip and just be like i can't come in i'm i'm, I'm really sick this morning yeah <laughs> so yeah, yeah but trips are crazy like i can't believe you were in new york city dude that's wild to me i can't imagine being somewhere that congested and populated and yeah. intense like there's so much stimulus i will say the first time i did shrooms was in like a woods it was, it was at a campsite a campground nice. um i showed up when it was dark out I, I like showed up really late and this guy showed me everything and i just sort of camped out um and then was he it came, just you it was just me yeah he, oh <laughs> you did shrooms alone it was a very it wasn't a high dose it was like wow. uh, it was like a chocolate type thing with like ground shrooms inside okay i actually have like a bar of that or not a bar mm-hmm. but i think it's like four i have four pieces how many do you need to take i don't know it's like it wasn't the it was like a, a to-go sauce cup like half full <laughs> and uh yeah it wasn't it wasn't a lot i've taken like a handful of shrooms another time and felt a lot more Wow. So, but yeah, it was it just like I could see colors in the ground where my flashlight was going. Like the ground was just rippling with lines of color. And wow. I was like, holy fuck, dude. And there was some weird shit in the woods. I went to smoke weed to, like while I was tripping and I lit the match or, or the the lighter and I saw this like vine poking in inside like the the sphere of light that the lighter made. So I couldn't see the rest of the vine. I just saw like the poking in part and it was like, whoa. Wow. And then there was I saw a spider crawling up my leg or something. Um I felt like bugs and shit on my it was very like I was like in nature. It was bizarre. Wow. I yeah, thought it was like I mother nature just telling shrimp. me to like go. And then I threw out all my weed at one point because oh. I um I felt this like super negativity. I was just like, fine, just f- fuck, just take it back. Wow. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's amazing. Tripping is so powerful. Yeah, dude. But the same thing we were saying about like weed too, about how it, you know, ties into your emotions and oh, yeah. amplifies your emotions. Like the the brain is just this in, insanely, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of experience you can have just like yeah, auditorily, like visually and emotionally. Yeah, it's a complicated muscle. Like, oh my god. Yeah, isn't it, it's like. Also, like getting high or tripping or whatever, it just makes you realize that, uh, you know, how like boring your life day to day sort of is and how just insane that sort of thing goes to. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. The crossfading story. Uh, I don't want I, I want to include it. I was telling you that um, I got crossfaded for the first time. I Yes, I remember. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I started with. Uh, like a pint of stout, like a really, a really thick and like rich uh, beer. Usually, like one of those, I get like tipsy at least. Um, and then I do like a shot of vodka or tequila or something. I was like, all right, I feel, I feel a little tipsy now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna smoke. And to be honest, I think just being, just being high is a lot better. It was a lot more like you're high, but you're more dulled and like confused, and you can't follow yeah. your own train of thought as much. Um, yeah. Because alcohol is for like a specific, like even listening to music, I'm not a huge fan of doing it while I'm drinking. I, I wouldn't want to drink at a concert or anything like that. Yeah, it makes you feel more, um, yeah, like washed out yeah. almost. Which can be fun too, though. 
Yeah, it depends. If you're on like a boat or something, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's good for some music too. I guess like I've been one concert I was definitely drunk for was after I turned twenty one and I went to a brewery and I saw the band Death Cab for Cutie. Okay. Which they're a indie band and they're really cool songwriters. But I was at a brewery, so I had like four tags to go get like beer or whatever and they have fancy beers there, so it was really cool. <laughs> and that was a vibe though. But yeah, most of the time I'd rather be high, I think. And the other way I hear to do it though is if you're gonna get cross sometimes it's better to smoke first. Yeah. Because like smoking hits you so much harder than drinking. Like if you drink if you take a shot, like it'll take a second for you to like get the buzz and then it's there, you know what I mean? You take another. But when you smoke like a joint, like you are high from smoking a joint or something. Yeah. So it's not like you like take like a shot of a joint and you're like, I'll take another shot of a joint. You yeah, I, I think mean? just the, sort of the opposite for me because the alcohol does take a while. I'd rather it hit because I know weed's going to hit pretty instantly. So I'd rather just know I'm at both of them at the same time versus you're high, uh, but you're waiting for the alcohol to kick in. Interesting. I see what you're saying. For me, it goes from like, it, I, it needs three real drinks to get me anywhere to like eight. Sometimes I've had like six and not felt really anything. Yeah. It depends for me, too, I guess, actually. But I haven't yeah. been drinking as much lately, so my tolerance is definitely down. So Yeah, that's probably true. Like, how, how do you feel about um your weed tolerance now? I feel like mine is in a pretty good spot. The only thing I wished was that I was high for longer. Sometimes I feel like I'm only high for like an hour. Yeah. When I'm like, oh, I used to like two hours or it used to be four hours you know when i first started smoking you know i would smoke like a joint with my friends when i first started smoking and i would be high for like four hours you know so but now it's different mm-hmm. but i smoke a lot now and especially I, I went home to albany this past weekend and my like i said my friends had dabs so that was definitely messing, messing with my tolerance mm-hmm. you know I definitely, I think I would, it'd be good to take a break soon, and especially I'm about to graduate, be looking for jobs, so it might be good to take a break for a while while I'm doing like the job searching in case one of these jobs might require a drug test. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. Luckily, you, I'm in the music industry, so yeah, not too bad. But the thing is, like, you know, between because music seems sort of like a gig and more insecure type of deal, like film, that you'd want to have at least a day job that you could go back to mm-hmm. while you're looking for stuff. Yeah, definitely. Is it easy to get like a, a real steady job in the music industry? Yeah, it just depends on what you're doing, okay. really. Would you be like, doing something that's like that? Yeah. I'm looking at a bunch of different stuff right now. I mean, like I've applied to a bunch of different places. Really, I just need to, yeah, keep my resume in a good place and, and just like interview. Like the places I've applied, I've heard a couple things back and mm-hmm. I need to start following up, you know, following up with these companies and emailing them or giving them a call. Be like, hey, did you see my application? For example, editors. Everyone need, everyone wants an editor. All these people who are like, hey, we got audio, and we don't want to edit it. For so what? For like film? For a lot of the time, it'll be podcasts and radio. Interesting. Yeah. Like, I have a friend who does radio. And she actually has her own radio show now. She wasn't, uh, like, a radio editor. And now she's, like, a jockey or whatever. She has her own show, you know, Monday through Friday. Radio's not live. Usually they do. Apparently not. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, she'll pre-record it. Isn't that wild? 
I think I think it depends it's, on the it's station. It's all remote. Yeah, I think it is. I think there definitely is some. Yeah, no, hers is like a little private radio station. I know 99.1, which is the big Connecticut one for like classic rock. They play like the same five bands, but interesting. 99.1 is hip hop upstate <laughs> where I'm from. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 like based out of. You only get it in Connecticut. They don't go very far, but um, they. I was, I was forgetting what I was gonna say. Oh, uh, rock radio. Oh yeah, they they do a live type show in the morning, and then yeah. after like I don't know two o'clock, it's just the songs and this guy's like pre-recorded message and then a Picks song. One oh six. Well, yeah, there's that, and then also there's this guy talking about like this day in rock history, and he, he yeah. does a little thing. I like that stuff. It's pretty nice. I like this. Uh, there's a, I don't know if I call it hip hop. It does some classic, like it does, uh, Biggie Smalls, but it also do like something modern and uh, hip hop ish, I guess. Yeah. Just like rap music in general and stuff, or yeah, and just like some '80s sort of hip hop. It's like all over the place, but it's really cool. It's like soul. It they're yeah. not really soul. I don't know, but uh. Do you, do you listen to a lot of radio, or are you more of like a Spotify, or what? It's been a lot of Spotify for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, and it's hard because I know that streaming is killing the industry. Is it? In a lot of ways, yeah. I mean, at least the, the paid music industry. Like, artists really don't make money off of selling music anymore. That's not really a thing. What do they get money from? Merch sales and endorsements. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, you want to have consistent video content so that you can run advertisements. And you want to have consistent video content so that you can have product placement, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, you want to have consistent social media posts so that people keep clicking on your stuff so that when you have endorsements, they pay you a lot because they know you have a following. So that's really what it is. It's all about, like, the business side of the industry. It's not about, like, having a record that's going to sell mm. like no one's like you're going to sell a lot like you don't sell anymore you str- you get streams and streams don't pay out like that like if you got a dollar for every stream you would have so many billionaires so you get a fraction of a penny for a stream but mm-hmm. bands that don't get billions of streams they don't get money so an artist like drake for example he has some of the most successful songs of all time post malone is one of the most listened to artists on spotify Ed Sheeran has the most listened to song on Spotify and blinding lights by the weekend is the sixth most successful single that ever has been released. Wow. Really? And so, yeah. Behind like Beatles songs, you know, or like the twist, which the twist was like huge. That's one of the most successful songs in the billboard. Um, what is it? Uh, dark side of the moon. That album was on the charts for like 217 weeks. I think it was like, (laughs) or like 17 years. Oh my god, dude! Yeah, so for most of our lifetimes, that album was like on the charts. Like it's not like, oh, this album's been like on the charts for like almost the whole year now. It's like that was seventeen years. That album just didn't leave. Yeah, it's crazy. Another album that does that, I guess, is the Black Album by Metallica. So for examples like that, right? Like albums that are on the Billboard, those are those are selling. But now with the way things have changed with streaming, numbers are just different. And things are different. So, like, the way people are getting paid out is very different. The way it usually is now is you, like, get your song licensed out through Spotify. Spotify is getting paid a lot more, and then Spotify gives you a cut of your licensed song. It's a ripoff. That's why artists don't like to put their songs on streaming services. 
the Beatles didn't up until recently. Taylor Swift didn't yeah. up until recently. And Tool, you know, some bands just refrain from it as hard as they can. Jay-Z isn't on Spotify, I believe. Oh, no, actually, I think he is now. Yeah. Oh, he wasn't for a while, too, because he, he owns Tidal, hmm. which is his own streaming platform, which pays out to artists fairly That's and cool. has a higher quality than Spotify. So there's plus sides. Slightly more expensive, though, because you're paying artists. That's the thing is, you know, rather than paying $12 for an album, now people are just like streaming is the way, I guess. So when I, when I get in the car for a long distance car ride, I'm like, what albums do I want to listen to? Or what artists do I want to check out? Like if I haven't listened to an artist before, I usually will listen to one of their albums or I will listen to like just random songs from theirs on shuffle. But typically I like to do albums. I'm mm -hmm. a big album fan. And then also... Spotify is incredible at recommending you music. So, for example, Discover Weekly is a playlist that gets generated every week based right. on songs you've listened to in the past week that it thinks you would like. And every time it's stuff I would like. I'm like, this is so cool. I never would have found this, blah, 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 you know. Mm -hmm. So I like the Spotify grind a lot. I tried Apple Music's sort of radio feature, which just like plays things it thinks you'll like. And it's it'll usually play stuff that I've already listened to, but on like YouTube or something. Yeah. Um, it's, it never it's really like, surprises it me, and it does know. But I've, I've heard some stuff. Like it's played Mike Gordon a few times, which I don't really love. Oh yeah. But uh, you know, I'll, I'll get exposed to stuff. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, 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 I tend to listen to like a whole dead show. It's like, oh, what what year do I want? <laughs> nice. Every time I work, I and you're uh, an early seventies guy. I, I, I think. It it really depends. I I don't know if I would like one particular era. I I tend to listen to a lot of late eighties or like even just early eighties. I like yeah. Brent a lot, but um, the this mixtape I gave you starts with early seventies, yep. fifty years ago, almost to the day. Wow. Yeah, which is wow. crazy. That's I, crazy to think about. I posted it on my Instagram story. The uh, I was very excited because it's my favorite Saint Stephen they've ever played. Wait, which year was it from? It was, it's, it's from seventy one. Yeah, April twenty eighth, nineteen seventy one, wow, at the Fillmore East. Wow! Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. They did like a five day run there, and it was the venue was closing. There's a lot of great recordings out of Fillmore East. It was a really cool venue. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, no Zappas. Oh, he Fillmore had one. East was really cool. Yeah. I gotta listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's, it's recorded it's so I can remember. <laughs> yeah. Right. There we go. We can get it yeah. later. Dan's trying to get me into Zappa. I'm, he is I'm, nuts. The thing is, he has yeah. so many albums. So, like, I will talk to other Zappa fans, and mm. they're like, my favorite album is this. And they're like, oh, I haven't listened to that one ever. I don't even know if I know it. <laughs> I'm like, what's your favorite? And they say one, and I'm like, I actually don't know if I know that one. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> there's so many. He has, like, over 100 albums. Really? Yeah. I think it's, like, 120 albums. 120 studio. And that's studio albums, not including his live albums or compilations. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, very much music. One of my favorite albums by him is called We're Only In It For The Money. And the whole album's like satire about hippies. And the cover is a ripoff of uh, Sgt. Pepper with like a bunch of people standing on the cover. Like it literally is the Sgt. Pepper picture just with like Frank Zappa characters instead. And like the colors are off and it's satire. It really is. Like he's making fun of it all. It came out the same year as Sgt. Pepper. Oh my God. Yeah. So he's straight up just like, kind of like screw you Beatles. You know, it's crazy. Man, 
I love meta sort of statements that musicians yeah. make, like uh, even Donald Glover right now. Oh, yeah. He's, making... He's a really cool artist. And like even Sia, she puts out some really interpretive stuff. I don't know if it's like political at all, but it's kind of Do you see the Shy LaBeouf one? No, what? He was like dancing with this like, I don't know, nine-year-old girl with a Sia wig on. And it was really weird. They're going like really wild dance moves interesting it was like he, he was like trying to like hurt her but he never they like never e- even touched each other he might have like wow. li- lifted her or something it was just like really weird you know but interpretive like i said yeah that's super creative yeah i would say that the music's pretty interesting too so it adds to it What what's your uh do you have any sort of list of stuff you're trying to uh do before you head out of suny purchase in terms of like graduating I don't really have anything left that I don't know. I guess there there's stuff I want to do, but it's just not the same without like things being the way they used to be. Yeah. And also having friends here. Like, you know, I have friends who are around here, but like my the friend group that I've really made, none of them go here anymore. Well, not they they all go here, but they're all at home wow. now. Or at their respective homes, you know? So, oh, man, it's yeah. different. But in the meantime, I've been on the grind. Like, I've been making a lot of music of all different sorts, working on a bunch of different things. So that's been really, really convenient, too. One thing I saw on my bucket list is to smoke in one of the studios. <laughs> kind of want to smoke in Beat Suite. Because oh I know people God. do. I've been in Beat Suite, and there's been weed, like, left on the... On the control surfaces for like a joint papers that are like tucked underneath the keyboard that someone must have been saving for later and they forgot about so i'm like yeah i'm gonna smoke in here one night i also keep osium on me and osium clears smell beautifully what is it clean your whole car you can hotbox your car spray two sprays of osium in it and your car will be okay is it like uh leave it for an hour like uh i don't know what the equivalent is just a spray right yeah it's a spray but it's i think it's like a deoxifier or something it's like a carbon-based spray and yeah it's it's strong stuff like it says like don't spray on your clothes like don't like get it in your eyes don't i don't even think you should inhale it like i don't (laughs) be in the car when you spray this like it's not like you can spray it and just like chill like when you're getting out of your car spray it and then close the doors and like wait an hour so then your car will be okay So if you, like, smoke, you could, like, probably smoke on a whole backwoods, like, a whole big blunt in the studio. And then at the end of the night, just, like, pack everything up, give it, like, and then close the door and you'll be fine. No one will ever know. Wow. I wouldn't, like, that's the only thing I'd be nervous about is that I'd get a call. And the thing is, if I get a call, the worst they're going to say is, don't do that again. And I'd be like, okay, I won't. Bye. I'm graduating. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. Plus, it's like, it's uh, technically legal. Yeah. I mean, it's not allowed by the, you know, here, but they can't get the cops involved, really. Yeah, Imagine which is awesome. Maybe. Yeah, it'd be the same as, like, bringing a beer in there. You know what I mean? They'd be like, yeah. throw that out. <laughs> Pour it out. They'd, they'd just be like, don't have weed in here. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's that's cool. I can't believe it's legal. I'm still in shock. I know, right? Yeah, like, I went in a smoke shop in Albany a while ago, and... It was like when I was home last weekend, so it was recently, and weed's legal now, so I go 
and we're talking about weed in there. We're talking about dabs in there. And I'm like, we used to not be able to do this. When I was like 18 at one point, I walked into a shop, a smoke shop, and I go to the person. I'm like, I'd like to buy a bong. They're like, uh, 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 no. Water pipe. I was like, oh, okay. So they didn't even want you saying that term because it associated, oh apparently associates it with smoking weed. Yeah. And they were like, no, it's a water pipe for tobacco. So if I want to buy a bong, I can you smoke tobacco water with it? pipe. You can, I guess. Like, <laughs> I guess that's what they're intended for. Like, I don't know. I mean, they're obviously for weed, but like yeah. when they're selling them, like it's like b- before weed was legal, everyone was just like, oh yeah, no, I smoke tobacco out of these things. Like that's what everyone was claiming, I guess. Um, I know people who smoke a mix of weed and tobacco out of bongs. Mm-hmm. Like they will usually pack like weed and then a little bit of tobacco on top of it. And they just rip it all. Does tobacco smell as much as weed? Yes. Maybe slightly a little bit. I don't know. Maybe as much. Really? Yeah. I think maybe as much. If, you, if you're not smoking it, if it's just out as the leaf or whatever. Oh, no. Not, not really. Yeah. Okay. Like if you have, if you had a, like a box of cigarettes and you left the box open, you might smell it if you like sit down next to it. Yeah. Um, or like a bag of tobacco, if you leave a bag of tobacco open, you would smell it if you sat down next to it. But like if you have a closed bag of weed that's inside of another bag in yeah. your room, sometimes you'll be able to smell it from outside of your room. And you're like, dang, this shit stinks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, this is some good weed, you know? Yeah. Um, but with tobacco, it doesn't smell as much as weed, I would say. Okay. When when it's burned, I would say they're about eating yeah. or whatever. But no, nah, like just sitting. Yeah, no, weed's stinky. Because you could smell it like tobacco, even outside. I mean, weed you smell for miles, <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, right. Tobacco, like if you're on the opposite side of the street, you could probably smell it. Yeah, yeah, that's Maybe true. Faintly. Yeah, I I started smoking. I I have a mix of it in my grinder. It's Delta Nine and Delta Eight. Oh. Delta Eight is cheaper weed. How did you get it now? Because I think it's illegal to sell it online now. Really? Yeah. I got it at a vape shop in albany wow dude yeah you go in and they also have they have cbd bud and they have delta eight bud they don't sell delta nine yet because they're not like a licensed like weed dispensary yeah but yeah they have delta eight so you can literally just like just buy it and it's like it's a it's in between cbd and delta nine like delta nine gets you high cbd doesn't really get you that high but you feel it and delta eight is like your buzz you're feeling it but you're not like as high as you normally would be. So you can smoke a bunch and be like not zonked. Yeah, like if you're trying to like smoke something and then go talk to people without uh-huh. losing your train of thought, you know what I mean? But That's you want to cool. like be high, Delta 8's a good way to go. Yeah. Because you're high, but you're not going to be so high like you lose your train of thought. So high, you're, you're, you're stumbling over your words or yeah. your tongue feels like it's too big in your mouth. You're like, you know, it makes you less. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So Delta 8 is just a little bit more tame. I have a friend who's an EMT, and Delta 8 doesn't show up on drug tests. Really? He's an EMT. He's like, I don't smoke on the job. It's something I do outside of my job. But like, if they knew I smoked, like even outside of work, I could get let go. So he smokes Delta 8. I didn't know it didn't show up in your pee. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, That's... if you do a lot of it. Same with CBD. Like, if you smoke, like, I would say if you smoke, like, an eighth of Delta 8 every day, it might show up on a drug test. Yeah. You know? If you smoke like a gram a day, I don't I think you'll be okay. If you smoke a gram a day of THC, 
then like that's obviously going to show up. Like yeah. you, it doesn't even take a gram, but I think that's probably where I'm at at this point. I might smoke like a gram a day. I'm not sure. Maybe a little less. What's crazy is uh, even Delta Nine doesn't even show up on my my drug tests. Nice. It's crazy because I like I it happened one time when I was like sorta smoking, but then when I was smoking like every week or twice a week or however much I was doing it, um, you know I got drug tested and nothing like are you are you lying to us are you are you like do you actually not smoke weed i'm like no i i smoke i'm, I'm telling you wow <laughs> yeah i know it was crazy wait a minute how does that work where i, I have no you idea. get tested it was like a hospital it was like an er you did it just because you wanted to get tested or no it was like uh it was just a general sort of screener i guess and you told them you smoked weed and then that didn't show up and they were like what yeah <laughs> they're like yeah, I was literally being fucking interrogated and like, you yeah. t- wait, so you said that you do smoke weed? I'm like, yeah. Well, your test you came back negative. <laughs> I was like, usually I thought they were the- fucking with me. <laughs> it usually be the other way around. I know, right? So I don't know. I, I think I would probably, if I if like a job asked me to test, I would like go to a pharmacy and get and just make sure that that's actually true. Yeah. But that's pretty that's pretty convenient, you know. Yeah, it definitely is. But yeah, so, I, I'd like, love I want to see that too. I want to try my own uh, drug test or something. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd love to try Delta uh, Eight. Sucks that they, you can't buy the whatever, buy it online. But I didn't know that it was available at the drugs at the. What did you say? The convenience stores. The yeah, it was, it was a vape shop. Vape actually. shop. It was yeah. Yeah, I actually I think I have some in in the in the joint that I rolled. So if we are interested in that later, you'll taste it. It's interesting. You do taste it. It tastes a little different. Interesting. It's probably my first time even, like, being around it. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I have it mixed right now in my grinder. I didn't intend for it Love to it. be mixed, but I ended up putting some in without remembering. And then I opened it, and I'm like, oh, there's already weed in my grinder. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it was a Delta 8. Whoops, now it's mixed. Oh, here's, here's, a, here's a question. Have you ever, or do you know anyone who's ever gotten, like, bad weed before? Because it seems like a really uncommon thing. Like weed that's like not right, like some weed that's like laced with something. I think I did one time. Really? Yeah, I know people who have said they've had stuff too. Like I know someone who said that they had had weed laced in some kind of like spray or it was like fake weed. It, it was like K two spice. Oh gosh. And they <laughs> and they got it sold to them as as weed, so they were like tweaking out like psychosis and stuff. Like not okay. Um, but my friends and did I it last? one time. No, they just stopped smoking weed, I guess, is what they did. Okay. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not like, it wasn't permanent. Okay, they just good. had to not be high anymore. I know someone who, uh, like, actually chose to smoke K2. Like, like they they were a felon, and they had to go to probation. Every They had a probation officer. They go, had to go see him every week. He got drug tested every week. Mm-hmm. And so he would do K2 Spice because it doesn't show up on drug tests. It's, like, legal or whatever, and... He would be like almost hallucinating. Like I worked with him, he'd be hallucinating at work off that stuff. He smoked a smoked it in my car one time. He's like, "You want some?" I'm like, "Nah." He's looking at me. His eyes are like crossed. I'm like, "Dude, you're you're nuts. I'm not messing with that." So I know someone who smoked that on accident. But my friends and I one time, we used to go to this trampoline park. You know, like trampoline. You know, they got a bunch of trampolines yeah. there. So we used to go to this go to this one. My friends got ripped off. They like. They went to go pick up weed, and the guy gave them less than they were supposed to get. And as they go to, like, tell the guy, like, yo, this isn't how much you're supposed to do, they, like, drove away. 
And so we smoke that weed before we go into the trampoline park. And like as we're smoking it, things feel intense. Like oh I feel like I'm, when I laugh, it's like so loud. I have like, ha ha. And I would feel like it was echoing in my mind. And Damn. Like, I was like, I just want to like plug my ears. Like things are intense. Lights were like really like bright. Like I, I felt like it was just like a lens flare almost. I couldn't even tell, you know, I don't even have glasses, but there was like lens flare, you know what I'm saying? So Jeez. I was just tripping or something. It wasn't, I wasn't actually tripping. I think it, it was either just strong weed or either that or something wasn't right. Like it might've been lace. My friends and I to this day don't know, but like, I'm jumping on that trampoline feeling like I'm going like 10 feet in the air. Like I know I was jumping hard because I was, I was feeling it. Like I was feeling good. So I was jumping hard. Like I looked like a goofball probably. But at one point I'm looking around and I'm like, I'm above everything. Like I'm really high. And that, that was the time when I, after, I, after realizing I'm jumping so high, I go to my friend, I'm like, yo, is this like weed? Okay. And my friend goes, I don't know. And once I realized that he was feeling something similar to me, mm-hmm. we all started kind of like, getting in our heads about it mm-hmm. so then we're like we're on lace weed right now oh no like we're tripping out here i don't, th- I don't think we were i think i might have just been strong weed or something no, that feels like more than a weed it must have been if you were both feeling it too it's you know. yeah we all were we all knew it wasn't right and every time we smoked yeah. it, it it wasn't right we smoked it like it was smoked three times after that it was smoked the three of us my three friends alec and connor Connor being the one in the Air Force, Alec being the the one who invited me over on January 1st, 2016. Oh, yeah. He said, come hang out. So two very dear friends to my heart. It was us three on the laced weed in the trampoline park. And then there was another time we smoked it before we went to Denny's. <laughs> and like, we just felt so awkward. He felt so crazy. I was like eating jelly packets off the table. Like, you know, they have like jelly packets for yeah. toast on the table. I was just eating them straight. <laughs> Yeah, like it was just a, it was just whack. And then they smoked it one more time without me, uh, when I wasn't there, and then they threw it out. The bag weed. Yeah, they were like, "We don't want this anymore. This doesn't make us feel right." <laughs> so it was a good call, I think. Yeah. It was either, yeah, it was just bad weed. Like that's my bad weed story. Is yeah, that stuff was not good. Yeah, I, I know someone whose brother um, smoked weed that was like with. I don't know if it was PCP or it was like it was something bad because he went to the um, I don't know if he went to the hospital. It was it was, it was still really bad and like I had a stoner, like it, it was the friend I knew him from was a stoner. Even she was like, yeah, he was he was bad. Like he's wow. on the phone with me and like I was freaking the fuck out. Um, wow. Yeah. Thankfully, not no one really close to me is or or I haven't had any bad weed. But there's probably a lot of you know close calls that I could have had because I've been to concerts where things were passed around. Yeah, you gotta but, be so careful. I know, but it seems like, uh, like that's really hyped up that problem of bad weed when it's not really a, you know, that big of a deal. Yep, like it's, I it find doesn't that too. Often. Honestly, it's it's not that common. I know some people who are like, oh, I only go to a dispensary because I don't want to get any bad stuff. And it's like actually, a lot of my dealers, they like know someone who just like got from a dispensary or something. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's good. It's still nice to. I mean, they're w- way more expensive, but. It's mm-hmm. still nice, because uh, you never know. There's always there's always like that room for mystery. You don't know what's going on with the weed. Yeah, yeah, you gotta be careful, especially carts too. There's yes, you know, people talking about how carts have actually killed people. So yeah, dangerous. Yeah, I'm, all my carts are derived from dispensaries. 
and they had they gave it a a test of all the different chemicals in it and the if it has vitamin e acetate which is whoa. the the killer part oh whoa it says this thing has been vit uh tested for vitamin e acetate it does not contain it wow mm -hmm. which is nice and it's like that makes me feel awesome about buying it yeah yeah you can feel safe hitting it like yeah because like with, with a card that i don't know i just feel really weird but weed, weed if someone was like coming from a you know an eighth that they bought or a, a q that they bought they know it's good yeah it's pretty obvious when it's bad what is that the screensaver or is it still recording we're recording cool very nice yeah Ooh. man how do you usually do this do you like edit it and chop it up or so what i've been doing there's a few ways like I, I could do it but i like to have it like one like chronological order as little edits as possible yeah, that's a good way to do it and if there's some sort of like i don't know thing i don't like rarely there'll be something like i mentioned someone's name that i don't want to mention um or whatever yeah it's just like i shouldn't have said that <laughs> I, I just like pull that out and it's fine because I, I try i try to stay semi-anonymous with it like yeah, i try not to I say where exactly i'm from smart you know because then if someone could say something on this podcast just like raise alarms i know joe rogan doesn't care but he's like rich so i'm not rich so i, I couldn't handle that mm -hmm. um but yeah so that mainly the work is listening to it i'll come up with like a few t things to do in terms of editing but um yeah, it's it's not too bad. It's it's pretty enjoyable. I like I like listening back. I do listen back all the way through without editing, one time, and I basically wow. write down the time code for what what I want to change. Nice. But yeah, it's fun because then I'll remember like, oh yeah, I, uh, he recommended this thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at oh, it now. Yeah, yeah. It's so fun to hear all the things you talked about and be like, whoa, yeah, that's how it unfolded. That's where we went. Yeah. Tangents are weird too. I know when I listen back to this, I'm gonna be like, whoa, I talked yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's crazy. Wait, what, what time is it? It's uh, like 5.45. Nice. Yeah, I don't even think that anyone has this room after us. Oh, yeah? But we can go till 6 anyway or whatever. doesn't matter. Right, well, We're on no restraints. I think I'm going um, to cut it for now. And we might come back to it, but we probably won't because I want to show you some stuff. Nice. Um, yeah, so this was Jordan Demarest, my uh, my buddy, my pal from the great state of New York. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, and you're, you're always welcome on this podcast. Uh, even even if it's not like a nice studio like this, like it could be over Skype. I could be in another country. We can still do it, you know? <laughs> nice. I would love to. I'd love to come back. This is a great podcast, and I love doing this, and it's always great working with you. Yeah, I'm trying to get Elijah on, too, and I had Dan, so it's it's really fun to get to talk to you guys more. So yeah, do you have anything you want to plug? Oh. Um... Follow me on Instagram, Jordan Demarest on Instagram. And oh, I have yeah. a, a link tree in my bio. You can just see all kinds of different stuff I'm working on. Like I got a punk band, Grapes of Garbage Patch, Ship of Fool stuff is coming out, and all kinds of random music, basically. Some film stuff. We'll see. 
Yeah, I don't even think we mentioned you're you're a you're a drummer <laughs> and oh yeah, you that. do a lot of that sort of stuff <laughs> in your like music production and everything. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's 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 my that's my passion. That's everything I want to do. I didn't know you had a link tree. I I, I saw one I of the person with a link one. tree. It's so convenient, so, right? Yeah, so convenient. I just made one because I was like, I don't know what link to put here, mm -hmm. but now I can put one, and it takes you wherever. Yeah, yeah, it's it's convenient. But yeah, I've been working on a lot of random stuff, so more to come. That's good, yeah. And I, I see you're uh, doing stuff with G GPGP, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Great yep. Pacific Garbage Patch. I, yep. I'm i excited to see the video you put out for uh, the Purchase Radio. Are you going to put yeah. that on YouTube or something? I think so. Dude, it's, hell yeah. We're going to do some meme editing. Great Pacific Garbage Patch is not a serious band. Like, okay. We take ourselves somewhat seriously, but also not at all. So we're going to do like, artificial zooms or what is it um you know like po in, like in post you can do like yeah uh, zoom you're yeah, gonna like do those and like meme it that's so funny and we I... have this thing it's like drummer cam but the drummer cam is just a shot of me that's going to be continuous it's just gonna mm -hmm. every time there's like a fill it's gonna cut to the same video that's like not in time it's gonna be a meme so it'll be goofy ship of fools is gonna be really good too oh yeah yeah, Ship of Fools is putting out a, a thing. Jordan and I and this guy Elijah and Dan. Is Dan doing bass? I guess. That's crazy. It's going to be an interesting... And he, he might want to do something acoustic too, but I don't know if we'll have time, but we'll try to figure something out. Anyway, this was Jordan Demarest, and uh, thanks for coming on. This is, this is so cool. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is the best. All right, I'll see you around. See you. <laughs> Hey, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Here's an epilogue that I wanted to record. Um, things that I wanted to, things that I wanted to say after the episode. It's now that you like heard some things, um, and I can like clarify what I meant. So, it's really interesting to see where the conversation around vaccines was at this time. I mentioned that I didn't believe in vaccine passports. Uh, I didn't believe that they would become a real thing, but obviously the situation around that has changed a lot. Um, I certainly like to play devil's advocate when I'm talking to people, but currently in May of 2022, actually like it's not May anymore, it's July. Um, I feel, I feel a lot less strongly about the idea of not vaccinating being something that the rest of the world should accommodate for because the pandemic has lasted way too long. And as far as I know, it's partially due to vaccine hesitancy. However, there is a flip side to that. Obviously, like, you know, Ebola is also still around. The black plague is technically still around, but I, I'm definitely no, no position to, um, say one way or another, I don't want to, I don't want to get too involved in politics on this podcast, but I do have a tendency to hear people out on both sides before I see anything concrete disproving an idea. You probably see this as a, you'd probably see this as a recurring theme on the show for the things that are rights or that I think should be rights. I definitely defend them until it's abundantly clear that something like vaccination clearly turns out to be a good thing. Um, you should definitely not take medical advice from me or any other non-expert. I just wanted to clarify that my position has changed, but my approach to political or philosophical questions stays pretty much the same. Around 54 minutes and 30 seconds, I end up projecting a bit about my own parental experiences with Jordan when I say that he was doing nothing wrong when his parents found a stash of weed paraphernalia. I still don't think there's anything morally wrong with smoking weed at all, but having lived in a house with parents who disapprove of weed, even being in the house, it's hard to completely invalidate what your parents want in their own space. A big saying I always hear is that people should be free to do what they want unless it hurts other people. 
While someone might not be justified in telling someone what to do with substance use, there's still a degree of hurt they experience in the situation that can't be completely ignored. Again, I'm not saying that they're right to feel that way or that you should cave to other people's demands, but on this show we dive deep into this sort of stuff to understand that it's pretty complicated, a lot more than we would want, um, and that like everyone's feelings have to be at least validated and heard in order to be addressed. So what I'm thinking is that you wouldn't blow smoke in someone's face, like if you're smoking anything. Um, and by that logic, there's some line where the presence of weed is an imposition. So it is something that can reek even without being smoked. And that carries a lot of connotations that people might not want. Once you start mixing things like someone else's house that they own or apartment um, with a landlord who doesn't really agree, like, you know, in, in that territory, like impositions are hard to work around. That leads me to the next topic, osium. That's the stuff Jordan mentions that can completely neutralize the smell of weed a little too well. Um, I bought myself a can of osium since this episode was recorded, and while it does eliminate odors super well, it also has a strong scent of its own. There's strong notes of pine and citrus in it, and if it's being mixed with weed or even just on its own, it still kind of does smell like weed. Since the smell of osium is so strong and weird, if your goal is to remove any odor at all, the smell you're trying to hide is just going to be replaced with something else that might raise suspicion just on its own. So definitely be warned if you want to use it on short notice. I would recommend it for the long term, though. Here's a follow-up on around uh, an hour, 12 minutes, and 55 seconds. Jordan found a job very soon after this episode was recorded at a music studio where he mixes and masters in an insanely short amount of time, and he can actually smoke in a studio with no problem as well. Also, um, there's a place called The Egg that he works at. Um, it's like the Albany Performing Arts Center. It looks like ha like half an egg. Um, he's worked for uh, Weird Al Yankovic shows. He's worked for like Sal Volcano from The Impractical Jokers. And uh, this other lady, I'm forgetting her name. Um, crap, I'm going to look it up right now. Uh, the Su Susan Osborne. I didn't even have to look it up. Or Joan Osborne. I'm thinking of Susan Tedeschi, but Joan Osborne also did a show there. So he's doing really good. Um, and he's busy doing super well for himself. Um, and also, maybe, New York bans testing for marijuana as a um, job requirement. I think the federal government and any sort of like state employees might not be exempt from testing, but I'm pretty sure New York banned it for like norm normal work. And that's huge. So I really feel good about living in this state. Um, Connecticut has paved the way in its own way because it was so late to the game of legalization, but New York is just killing it in a, in a great way. I also wanted to clarify something I said around an hour, 27 minutes, and 50 seconds. Delta 8 is not illegal to buy online. Online purchasing is actually the only way people in illegal states can get high at all, um, legally. So I did hear about some sort of ban before this episode's recording, but it was either overturned or was targeting something completely different or more specific. However, I do know that government agencies like the FDA are starting to crack down on Delta-8, so I don't think it'll be around forever, especially since it's a direct competitor for Delta-9 THC, the regular stuff, um, the stuff in regular marijuana. Um, it's a competitor in legal states, so there's like a contradiction there that the, the man doesn't like, and it's pretty, it's pretty unfortunate. Um, but, you know, it's, it seems like a workaround that can't last forever, judging on how, you know, the, the politics has gone so far on weed. At around an hour and 29 minutes, Jordan says that Delta-8 doesn't show up on tests based on how his friends have uh, used it to evade drug tests. 
I looked into this and depending on the type of test, you could get away with it fine. However, depending on how much you use, you might test positive or negative. It's hard to even say since everyone's metabolism is different and different tests look for different things, but there is definitely a chance they would show up. So I would do some research on the specific tests you're taking if you need to uh, take a test if you're worried about that sort of thing in the future. Also, every time I've been to a hospital, which is like three times, I tested negative for marijuana in my system, cannabinoids, whatever, which is weird. So like, I don't know if it's the, if it's the blood I have or it's the, I don't know, metabolism, I guess, or the way my body absorbs it, but it's never shown up anywhere, which is just so strange in the hospital grade test. So I'm not sure what to make of that, but it, it, I, it, it confirmed again that that was the case two weeks ago. So I guess I lucked out <laughs> on the genetic lottery. I hope you enjoyed these little factoids, but I would definitely do more research on anything you're curious or confused about since the research I did was pretty surface level, obviously, or anecdotal. So, um, and I forgot Joan Osborne's name, but, you know, I think you guys will forgive me for that. Um, it was really nice to release this for you guys. Um, I hope you enjoy it. And uh, I'm planning on recording something right after this, like literally in, in my time, um, and releasing it as a bonus slash lost episode or like call it something cool. So I can release asynchronously and not have a problem um, and just abandon the date thing for certain episodes if I feel like there's a, you know, some sort of like asynchronicity that I want. Because the, this podcast that I sort of am taking the the inspiration from for that sort of thing is called the Sleepy Cast Podcast or the Sleepy Cabin, whatever. Um, say what you will about like the content of it, which because it's pretty raunchy. Um, I do like the lost episode thing. Um, I don't like that you can kind of forget the lost episodes more. At least I do. So maybe I wouldn't call it lost, but um, I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, thank you guys. There's going to be a, the standard uh, farewell, but before that happens, I just want to say I really appreciate you guys. I'm, I'm really happy that we got over 1,000 views, 1,000 downloads on this podcast. Um, I do think about this podcast a lot. I, I've been telling people about it, and I've realized that this is like a, a an archival time capsule podcast more than it is a you know timely one. And I've kind of planned for that. I kind of anticipated that, but it's kind of come to fruition in a very solid um, way. And you know, not, now I'm sort of more comfortable with that. So. If people and people have asked me like which episode should I watch like with if, if they're new to the podcast, honestly, like I would just go to the guests first and then just in any order you want, based on like the world events happening at the time. Because um, I don't think this is a front to back type read, just like a manual, you know, not a manual the biblical figure. I mean like a manual. So, anyways, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you all. Hello, thanks for listening to the podcast. You can find me at Patrick Screen Tea on Patreon, Discord, Spotify, YouTube, Twitch, and Bandcamp, Patrick Screen Tea Podcast on Instagram, and Patrick Green Tea without an S on Twitter. If you donate at least $5 a month on Patreon, you'll get exclusive access to the Drunk Patrick Chronicles. The show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Supplemental materials like photos and text are available on our website, patrickscreentea.com. You can join our subreddit at r slash patrickscreentea, you can make comments on YouTube and on the website, and you can contact me directly at patrickscreentea at gmail.com.
Don't forget to leave a review of the show on your favorite podcasting platform. It really helps us out. Thank you so much and have a lovely day.